the thing I found really, really fun with the color is just the nanners that you can get with it and how putting these two colors next to each other looks one way up close and how stepped back because it's it's such small scale those two colors can sort of uh, affect each other differently uh, at a different uh, viewing point Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 188th episode, I'm joined by Matthew Merritt, who visited me in my studio for this interview. Matthew was selected by Bill Conger, who juried our 2017 Studio Break competition. And Matthew's work was selected, and we talk all about his background in short film and video editing, and how that process evolved into his recent series of digital works and drawings. So please stay tuned for that discussion. If by chance we've ensnared a new listener, I do want to encourage you to check out studiobreak.com for more interviews. Again, Studio Break is a blog and podcast site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on, they share their work and their processes. And of course, if you visit studiobreak.com, you'll see we have images of the artist's work as well as links to their websites. Of course, you can listen to the interview right there in the default player or just smash that iTunes link and subscribe to the podcast there. Studio Break is on Facebook, so please like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break and on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. Studio Break is made possible in part by generous support from the Osage Arts Community, which is a proud sponsor of Studio Break. Osage Arts Community is an artist residency that provides temporary time, space, and support for the creation of new artistic work in a retreat format. Serving creative people of all kinds, including visual artists, composers, poets, fiction, and nonfiction writers. Osage is located on a 180-acre working farm in the rural mountainside setting of central Missouri, bordered by the lovely Gasconade River. OAC provides residencies to those working alone, as well as welcoming collaborative teams, offering living space and workspace in a country environment to emerging and mid-career artists. Interested parties should visit Osage Arts Community's website for more information as they are now accepting applications for the 2018 season. Osage Arts Community, where land, art, and community ignite. And with our announcements out of the way, we are ready for this interview with Matthew Merritt. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Matthew Merritt. You're sitting in my living room. Uh, you and your wife made the trek in from Iowa. So, again, very nice to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. I really appreciate it. Again, perhaps you do or do not know. I usually like to uh, obviously get a lot of background about people, figure out uh, uh, how all these things come together in a bit. So, are you you from uh, Iowa originally? Yeah, I was born you... in Marshalltown. I uh, grew up okay. there, uh, 1981, November 30th. Um, and uh, spent uh, up until probably my early 20s, um, graduated in 2000, uh, moved to Colorado for a ski season. I don't ski. <laughs> um, and then after the uh, ski season, I came back and I fried my computer that I was doing digital editing on, doing short film. And uh, then I came back and uh, spent a few years before I met Sarah and then we ended up moving to California and for about two and a half years. And she got her... Uh, master's in fine art out there and then we came back and i prefer iowa anytime i've gotten outside i i really like getting back <laughs> so in terms of like you know um art making and drawing and things like that was that something that was um, important to you then when you were yeah, kind of like so, young growing uh, up um two things well actually three or four maybe um i always wanted to be an artist also i uh, really wanted to do stand-up comedy but i never had the uh the gall mm -hmm. uh, and also, I always want to be a chef, but like once you learn about what cooking in that environment's like, it's kind of hostile. <laughs> um, but basically, I just started out uh, as a kid tracing uh, other pictures, learning how to draw, and then I decided very quickly I didn't like drawing things. I very obsessively drew these diamond-shaped uh, abstracts in elementary that gave it sort of a because of the shape of it, it gives it a tilt, and then like to my childish imagination that gave it sort of a three-dimensional depth and I, I made thousands of those drawings just kind of did that as uh, as uh sort of like, let me show you 
Do you know? I was going to ask that. Do you know where that came from? I don't know where that came okay, from. No. Sorry, there's a there, but you know what I'm talking about. Sorry to identify. We did this uh, the three lines, and then next to it are three lines, and you kind of you know add these angles and stuff like that. It's kind of interesting because I swear I thought I saw somebody kind of like trying to figure out where that originated. Oh from. yeah, I have no idea. Where but that's it just from. again kind of reminds me of the kind of things that I would you know do the same kind of thing in terms right. of like doodling on the sides of right. like yeah. you know like trapper keeper notebooks or folders or something like that. Well, so that's kind of interesting then. So again, it was always kind of like these design kind of based things. Yeah. And uh, I just did, I did just countless nonstop, I don't know, like just going, going, going with that. And then uh, I hit puberty and found other things of interest. And uh, basically I started falling in love with film. Not that puberty had anything to do with that. That was side. But uh, basically I fell in love with film and started reading uh, film books and watching every single movie I could get my hands on. And I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies. So I had uh, maybe four or five inches behind the bottom uh, drawer of my desk where I kept uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's Hoffa and uh, <laughs> a copy of The Godfather. You right, know what I mean? Right. So, like, my paraphernalia as a high school student was R-rated Oscar-winning movies. <laughs> right, right, right. Whereas maybe some some young men your age might have, uh, you know, racy magazines. Those and, were held know. in a different place. Those <laughs> definitely existed, and those were just, you know, I you, you got to scatter. So if they find everything, you're screwed. Sure. So if they find one batch, you still have the side. It's, sure, yeah. Sure, sure. Well, interesting. Um, and so you kind of decided then that, like, so film kind of became that uh, that obsession. Then. Yeah, is, is spe- that... specifically editing because um, I had the first, like, aha moment I ever had was I was probably five or six watching a Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. It was a car chase on gravel, and they had dubbed in, like, this car, the like tire screeching noise. And it was like that, wait a minute. That's not cars don't do that on gravel. You know what I mean? And it was that first moment, like as a child, I realized like this is just an illusion. And then you start thinking like, where can you go with that? You know? And I just I love that idea of how much editing, and with the, with how I draw, it's it's a lot like digital editing. How it looks like 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 this incredible depth and has the shading, but it's actually just an illusion. It, mm-hmm. You know? And and I enjoy that. Well, it's interesting to think about it relative to that process, too. And again, um, not that I'm much of an editor, but I do have to edit hours of people talking, and which is also kind of very annoying when you're listening to yourself all the time. Um, but it's kind of like that kind of like, I don't know, that wor- it's still work. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, just like uh, somebody that makes a painting or right. a sculpture, there's still like, you know, you got to go from 60 grit sandpaper to like, a hundred and then two hundred, and it's still that tedious kind of laborious thing. Even if it's like a, you know, computer aided device that you're, that's drawing it for you, or this some right. kind of interaction like that. Well, so did you did you pursue that in terms of like a degree? Then, yeah, so I got, I got a a two year broadcasting degree, and that's only because uh, TV VCR repair was full. Okay. But uh, <laughs> that's not true. I would never have done that. Um, there's no future in it. But um, basically, I went into broadcasting. I have the hair and the teeth, but. Uh, basically I just wanted to get in, uh, to editing and, and figure out before I invested in my own equipment, if this was something I actually wanted to do. So, uh, I, I got a degree, two year degree in broadcasting, decided not to further it because I kind of looked at the broadcasting job market and it's not that good. Right. And uh, like all that was available when I was, uh, graduated was like, um, radio advertising sales. And that's really not me. Right. Well, it's, it's weird too. It doesn't exist like in like independent film movies or something right. you know where like there's some sort of like new revolution or so I don't know there's not like I mean nowadays I mean there's not even hardly any radio stations you know I mean it's all right like, it's all pre-programmed like, there's a dude saying hi and what time sure, it is sure. and get in your car and have a good time but like yeah there's it's mostly automated now um and the kind of short film that I did would be more like a music video um and it's very similar to my work now only moving and with noise and so in terms of then your your uh, lineage then if we kind of maybe think about where you're at then you kind of complete this degree decide that you're not super into that what what did you wind up doing so i just i bought i spent a few thousand dollars and got an editing computer and cameras and lights and i turned my um living room into a i got black curtains and Mm -hmm. um turned the all the walls black um which one side of that wall was a uh, kitchen. So I didn't really use the kitchen very much. Um, and then I put cross beams on the ceiling to 
like chains to hang lights and basically just started shooting whatever I wanted in my apartment. And then uh, the way I edited in light, like lighting was a, was a big thing, but basically would edit it more of kind of a cartoon style. So it was like frame by frame by frame, mm-hmm. layering frames. And uh, it's very, very similar to what I'm doing now, just multiple layers and, and, and getting it to flow and then having some sort of larger scheme of an idea. Like one of them was uh, my buddy Alex Mack out of the left speaker was his guitar work and out of the right side was me meandering on a piano and then on screen is split and then it's um, black and white for the first half and then in the middle all of the sounds go in reverse and then everything's in color with different imagery and everything's moving and crazy and well it's interesting to think about how that hen editing process is then so much related in some ways then to it sounds like your process now and in terms of how you maybe kind of adjusted that it's kind of similar too because um i love editing and i basically shot stuff to edit if that makes sense um and now i'm drawing to then edit into a picture it's the same kind of thing i'm just making a like the way each one is is it's multiple drawings and like i don't count them because it'd be a waste of time but 20, 30, 40, 50 different drawings that I, I, I bring together and I collage together and layer and, and whatnot. Well, and so after, so were you kind of like pursuing these then kind of like films and then yeah, so, something to pay the bills or like, what was yeah, that I, just, I had a job like? worked at a coffee place and I can make an, a very good coffee. And the downside of that is I can taste a not good coffee. <laughs> and, um, there's a lot of, uh, I'm not going to say any names cause I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but there's a lot of big coffee chains that they like. Maybe a 16-year-old doesn't know what they're doing. Not trying to be a, right, a dick, right. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, it kind of turned me into a coffee snob accidentally. Sure. Not, I don't like. I, I still drink Folgers. I'm not one of those guys where I must have some. You know, I, I don't really care. But um, so basically, I just worked to pay the bills. I actually sent a couple of my shorts into uh, the Des Moines uh, Film Festival, and like they called me and because it was for professionals, and I'm just a kid drinking in his apartment. Uh, so they called me and was like, um, so why did you make these? And I was like, you know, cause I wanted to, you know, and he's like, were they for a client? And I was like, no. And he's like, who are they for? And I was like, for me, <laughs> you know, and I got, I, I wasn't qualified. I mean, I wouldn't have thought it would have gotten in anyway, but you always, you know, try it out. But it was just kind of interesting that the idea of, uh, of pursuing any sort of art form needs to have a purpose. I disagree with like, I, like I own I'm only going to draw if it's a commission. That's that's sure. idiocy. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. So basically, I just made these short films out in Colorado. I fried my computer, moved back, got a new computer that did not work out, mm-hmm. and uh, then it's life happens and time passes. And then last year, uh, February of last year, I had uh, bunion surgery. Which, for all you kids at home, if you don't know what a bunion is, <laughs> call your grandma. She'd love to talk to you. But So I'm laying in bed for two and a half months. I'm turning 35 six months from then or so. And I'm just like, like my God, I'm going to be 35. I have an old woman's foot. <laughs> and I'm laid up. And let me tell you, uh, short-term disability is fantastic. Um, <laughs> if you can find any way to do it, I highly recommend it. Um, I had Star Wars Battlefront to keep me busy. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I'm laying there just, uh, I'm having a good, relatively as good a time as you can have being bedridden. But, um, but yeah, just thinking like it's been 13 years now and I'm married, I'm happy, but there's that, that little spark that, that is me that it is lost and not having that means I'm not me. And, and then you start thinking, who am I? And then that's a whole rabbit hole you don't want to get into but uh so i i just started like scrambling on what what can i do on the cheap and um i was at work on my lunch break and i just did a little doodle on paint and i kind of liked it and i showed my boss he liked it (laughs) he's like what are you doing and i'm like not working (laughs) you know and um then i took it home and i showed sarah and i'm like "I, i don't know what's going on here but like i think i have an idea like I'm, I'm gonna try this. Uh, my goal is to get gallery show at this specific gallery in Ames that I love, and basically, I started drawing in August, 
and sort of made the announcement to anyone that would listen with the idea if I keep telling people I'm going to do this, then I'm sort of obligated. Sure, <laughs> sure. Like force myself to like do it. Willing like it to happen. <laughs> yeah. I could either fail quietly or let everyone know, you right. know. So I let everyone know that I was going to I was going to I was going to try my best not to fail, you know. The more you know, you, you, I felt obligated if I told more people. So I just, I just, I, I uh, basically talked to Sarah. We have an agreement on if we're going to spend more than a certain amount, we kind of have a you know conversation about it. So I, I was coming up on this uh, spread of nights where I have to stay up to get ready to convert for night shift um, for my job. So I'm like, I'm going to go to Best Buy. I'm going to buy a computer because we have a Mac and mm-hmm. Mac doesn't have paint, and I'm focused on paint. That's all I want to use. And uh, side story, hilariously, uh, eight months or so after I started working, um, Microsoft announced they were discontinuing paint. Right, I remember that. <laughs> the coldest <laughs> chill went over my body. Um, they ended up bringing it back. But I started writing a letter. I didn't need to send it. But um, basically, I sat Sarah down. I'm like, this is my idea. I want to do it. And she knew how important it was to me because she's had to listen to me meander with ideas I have nothing to do with all the time. And so basically, I'm like, I'm going to buy a computer. It's going to be expensive. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. And so I went to Best Buy when I got off work that day, bought a computer, and went home and stayed up all night. And came with another program called Fresh Paint. So I played with that, and basically just uh, every single day for anywhere between like five to twelve hours, depending on the my schedule. Just every day, just like working, 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 working. I was able to. Uh, really make a lot of stride very quickly just because I was doing, that's all I was doing. Sure. And a uh, very, very proud moment. My boss told me about a uh, fire trucker brewery in Ankeny, which is, it's a fantastic brewery. They hang local artists. So I'm like, why not? So I, I sent them like everything that I had at the time being like, you know, Hey, how you doing? And they, yeah, let's set up a meeting. Come on in. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to get one piece on the wall. You know what I mean? And I'm nervous. And I went and I had, I use a photosynthesis and names. It's archival ink. They do beautiful work. And so I went and had one printed. I got a frame for it. And I, I took Sarah's little art, large satchel. And I just, you know, went in to fire trucker, uh, horrified, <laughs> you know, and so they're like, yeah, this is great and everything. And I'm like, hey, look, I brought one and everything. And and he's like, yeah, let's move forward. I'm like, oh, did you have a specific one that you wanted to hang? And his name's Scott Cavan, great guy. And he's like, yeah, just like a whole solo show. And I was just like, Buh? you know, like, like I, I had I had no way, shape or form had even that was not even on my mind. You know what I mean? So we decided on a time and. Uh, it was a two-month solo show, and I've only been drawing for two months. And, and that solo show was going to be later, so which was awesome because it gave me months to make some more stuff. And I just called everyone I knew when I got out the parking lot. Of course, no one answered because everyone has their phone on them. No one uses it. <laughs> and I, got, I called her at work and left her a message in a, in a fake voice for fun. And... Uh, we went out to lunch. I wouldn't tell her what it was until we sat down and I had a beer. And I just, I, you know, I'm like, hey, I got it, you know. And then I got another show after that, and then a few more shows after that. And then I found out a few months ago that the initial gallery that I wanted to get in, uh, I got in. And that show is next fall over my birthday, um, which I'm very, 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 very excited for. Yeah, it's like, a, again, in terms of goal setting, in terms of time frame, again, it's really awesome to kind of think about like you know just setting down like in was did you say february of like I, I, that was february was when i'm like i have got to do something right. or i'm going to blow my brains out it's, and then <laughs> august was like here's something sure and sure. it's free <laughs> you know so it was it was kind of uh there was a bit of time in there where i'm just like what can i do sure but yeah once i kind of sat down and started doing a little little doodles and then kind of got like this, it looks like this could go somewhere and, um, just kind of just, just ran with it. Sure. Sure. Well, and so in terms of then the actual work, I mean, um, we looked at a number of, uh, pieces that were black and white. Is that kind of like yeah. the primary area that you started in? I started in, in black of- and white, um, just cause the first one I did was in color and I thought it looked like cartoony crap. Mm-hmm. And so I just, first off, I don't know what I'm doing. So I wanted to start off simple and let complexity come through a simple lens and then learn actually how to do what I'm doing and figure out what I am and what I want to do 
in terms of style and basically get that isolated to a point where I, I kind of have an idea of this is what I want to do mm-hmm. visually. And then I just kind of slowly started trickling in color. And then once I kind of got a handle how to balance that, now my goal is to pretty much try to put every single color there is in every, in every piece and try to make it look uh, unique and different each time. Right now, I've been making a lot of specifically looking very similar ones because uh, a few friends of mine have told me that some of them look like rugs. And so I just, I'm trying to put like a portfolio of ones that could look like rugs and I think they would be awesome rugs and then maybe try to, you know, uh, grassroots, get a job as a rug designer, which sounds like if you told me a year ago, I'd be trying to do that. I'd be like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, it's like tapestries. I'm here to say the tapestries. Like, um, but now I think it'd be great. Like, um, I just think they'd be great rugs. Well, it's interesting too the, to think about the the process that might be relative to it. I have no idea. I uh, certainly, you know, have some experience like with some design classes and stuff like that. But I have no idea how they design that stuff. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I'm firmly so there's, against there's, schooling. Um, kids drop out immediately. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> kind, of, kind of helpful. Yeah. So I, when somebody goes, these are about Nazi rugs, aren't they? Yeah. You're like, no, 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 not, not, <laughs> So not. sometimes it's yeah, <laughs> helpful just, to, but it sounds like, again, like, the, but you want the work to kind of like speak for itself. Right. Be that, I don't want to be, interest. I don't like to be told what to do. So I don't want to go to a class and be like, today we're going to do this. That I hate that. But basically my work is what it is. I think it would be a good rug. I don't need a piece of paper to tell you I can draw a rug. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, I, just, I don't understand that. Relative to the work then, though, too. So you kind of worked through these black and whites. You started introducing kind of color. Was the complexity also something that kind of changed you? Again, describe the elusive process a little bit and kind of like working in layers and things like that. But I would imagine as you kind of continued and kind of like, you know, that routine, especially of kind of working every day, that there's like, you know, you're learning tricks, you're learning like little things that you're pushing as you kind of keep going through it. Each one I, is, I try to approach differently, um, within the same, uh, sort of realm It's hard to explain. Um, but I try to, each time you do something differently, you find out something new mm-hmm. and like, I tried out something differently and I'm like, Oh, that's how you can affect lighting. Or I've tried something differently and like, Oh, I can get a different kind of shade this way. The thing that I've I'm I've sort of struggled with is uh, as soon as I added color, I I, I do feel like um, some of the complexity of the black and white has been missed. Mm-hmm. But I'm also trying to make these rugs, so you're also thinking in more of a a two dimensional. So it's it's kind of a it's 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 kind of weird because like right now, like I said, I'm trying to build a portfolio of hey, here's fifty rugs. You know what I mean? And it's sort of a mindset that is fun and I, you know, but I also want to get back to making something that's just on its own crazy and not necessarily for a rug situation. But I, the thing I've found really, really fun with the color is just the nanners that you can get with it and how putting these two colors next to each other looks one way up close and how stepped back because it's it's such small scale, those two colors can sort of uh, affect each other differently uh, at a different uh, viewing point. Sure. Um, that I enjoy. Well, and that's something you were kind of describing a little bit too. Is that like when you're working, sometimes like you're zoomed in really close on right. the image that you're drawing with a mouse, right? And then backing out of the image to kind of see how that so how changes happen. And the computer that, that I, I I settled on is a 23 inch touchscreen computer, so. The majority of the time, it's mouse, and any time that it's not mouse, it's it's finger. I'm at any depending on where it is in the the situation. I'm either large scale affecting the drawing, or I'm all the way down to specific pixels and like pixelate changing it, like its color to get different shapes and to sort of uh, spider web out from generally the center. And just, it, yeah, it's kind of a mix of everything. My total process when I sit down is basically I like when I start and I'm making a bunch of these, I call them templates because I, I use all these, these different plates, so to speak, of these drawings. And then I bring them all together. It's a very linear portion of the process. 
and I usually have YouTube up and I like, I've been watching, I think I've seen just about every single interview on YouTube mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, but I, I like listening to interviews or documentaries or things that are linear. And then they'll come to a point where those, those sub drawings are completed and it's time to start hammering something out. And then I switch to music. Uh, music really visually affects me very greatly and um basically uh just spend hours and hours and hours listening to music and uh just hammering them out you kind of like spend like all day working and then you see them the next day and you're like i gotta push that one a little bit more or no um like i it when it's done it's done and then I, i like unless like i'll take them to work and put them on my background um and then i'll be looking at it and like like rarely do i change anything but basically i just keep pounding on it and pounding on it until it, it, it just pops. And then once that happens and it's done to me, it's done. And it's usually like, thank God it's done. Cause it's been like 14 or 16 hours and like, I'm done with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, if I ever go back to change anything, I'm probably changing something. No one would even notice. Cause it's, it's so minute. It's just something that I noticed that I didn't care for. But I, again, that's maybe, three times out of 20 or right, even right. more probably I, it's very rare well and again it's just interesting for me as a you know someone that you know interviews people that do this kind of stuff because you like people that are like yeah i'm just you know like yourself like you know when it's done i'm never coming back to it when then you have someone that's gonna be like oh, i've been working on this painting for a year yeah and you're like oh how do you do this <laughs> like I, I, for me again there's there's something about like um time that it just makes me think relative to a piece like there might be just enough time for like a window almost and then it's like you move on you know like you're a different person like six months later and like oh how do i revisit these right and speaking of that window that's something that that i have and like it it definitely like i kind of struggle with it because um that one with uh the red and blue and the lines like i had made like it's like if i I, I don't know what I'm going to do until I do it. I was either I was going to like I was going to stay up all night and Sarah's going to go to bed and like I kind of want to play some Star Wars Battlefront big fan and like I'm either I I'm going to play some games all night and then it's like no I kind of I kind of didn't want to draw and then you know and I have this this tearing point of like well if I don't draw what did I just miss out on and I chose not to play games that night and I made this particular piece that I'm exceptionally proud of and then it's like then I think that's where my compulsion comes from. Cause I feel like, like if I don't do it, what am I missing out on doing? And so the way I've kind of balanced that is I get four beers and I go downstairs and I play battlefront until those four beers are done and then get that out of my system and then go in, get the computer set up. Um, my studio is, uh, uh, we just moved into a new house. So we've been there uh, two and a half months. And I have a series of things I have to do in my studio to get it going because I have Christmas lights on the ceiling. I have a china cabinet full of some pretty cool memorabilia. So I like to turn that on so I can see it. Um, I bought this. Uh, I always wanted a light-up globe. I had one when I was a kid, and I think they're fantastic. But I found one that is uh, uh, magnetic, and it, so it hovers over the base, and it lights up, and you can spin it. And then I have a little Joker action figure lording over it. It's great. <laughs> um, an immense amount of action figures. Um, but basically, I get every, all the lights turned on. Um, the ceiling is one large strand of solid uh, Christmas lights and then two strands blinking at different rates. So there's constantly a, a vibrating hue in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get more beer, and then I just start going. Yeah, it's a very specific process, like a checklist. Yeah. Get my four beers. I can go down now. Yeah. I can... <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting a mini fridge. So my uh, I find four. By the time you get to the fourth one, it's still cold. Whereas the fifth one, it's it's a kind of a gamble. Well, and so I, it's interesting, too, then, because part of the process is not really like being like held back, I guess, by something that's you know, limiting like what you want to do with it. So each time you're sitting down, it's going to be something... completely fresh. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't like right now I have one and I put it off for like four or five days. I was going to start before we came, but I didn't want to start and then spend the entire time I was in Chicago thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead I'm just thinking about it. Uh, but basically I have one in mind and I try not to do that because anytime I feel when you work abstractly, if you have an idea of what you want to do, then you're fighting to do what you want to do instead of letting the piece be itself. So basically how I work is like I I let it 
do its thing. It's kind of subconscious. Like I'm making decisions, but it's telling me what it wants to be. And oftentimes if I sit down with a specific idea, what ends up happening is nowhere near what that idea was. And then you're like, well, that idea was kind of cool, but that again, this direction that I ended up going is, is better. Well, so what I was going to ask though too. So again, so obviously like there's a interesting kind of like working up a design or like this formal abstraction thing. Um, but aside from that, then are there other influences that like people wouldn't necessarily like think about relative to, you know, like some of them you've kind of like relayed to like maybe like specific things that you're kind of including in this design that you're building. But I mean, are there other, th- you know, you mentioned baking bread randomly, yeah. you know, it's out, like, like an hour ago. Are there yeah. other things that you do that kind of keep your, keep that kind of side going or like, you know, photography or like, you know, doodles at diners or something. I don't know. Are there other kind of like ways that kind of like creep into that, that process at all? Or it's for me, it's all uh sound. I have this lovely thing where if like, I, I smell something, I see a color, mm-hmm. and when I hear things, I see things, I see I see different. And that's what I try to do with the short films, capture those those abstract things I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, like the place that – the business next to where I work to me smells purple, which doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just – and people – like I, I'm, I, I've decided against better judgment to mention these things to people and <laughs> usually mm-hmm. like purple, like what, what's wrong with you? Also like if I get – uh, a lot of dirt on my hands. I can taste it in my mouth. And I asked a guy at work if he's ever had that and he thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, sound is extremely important. A lot of my work um, is uh, like George Harrison's uh, solo work, um, All Things Must Pass and Brainwashed. I love those two albums. Um, a lot of Beach Boys, a lot of Aerosmith, huge Aerosmith fan. To me, they're the best. But I, I need I need sound. Mm-hmm. That, that to answer your question, I I can't I just can't sit at a computer with silence sure. and do that. I need that music. So it's mostly like more like something that isn't visually related. Then like you're not looking at puddles or you know tree something like intersecting tree branches. Right? Or... No, I don't get any visually. I don't get anything except for uh, maybe like that one time with those circles of light that were coming through uh, scaffolding. And then I decide, well, I'm going to do a bunch of circles. Um, but I don't – I generally – I don't start with any image. Um, I don't start with any general thinking as I pointed out. Um, but like I don't – I don't – rarely do I see something in the real world that would influence me. It's mostly all sound. Well, and you mentioned way earlier before we even started this, uh, I think you mentioned something about Pollock um, – and again, it just makes me think about relative to like the process of like how, you know, again, we're talking about somebody that's just like, rah, like splattering some, some paint and then kind of reacting to it. So in a similar way, it sounds like that process of like, you know, making some sort of edit and then reflecting on it and then adding to it. Or I don't know, do you, do you like step back through the process then too, where you'll be able to be like, oh, no, not that layer. I'll just like delete that. Yeah. Or, okay. So um, I, I love Jackson Pollock. Um, my my the way that i work is very similar it's it's completely free movement and um i don't like i'm going to draw something i don't really do it that way it's it's completely free and from those things you can see things in them and then bringing those things out right but the the greatest thing i love about working with a computer is i constantly have a choice whereas if you're painting or i mean with pencil you can erase and uh, I enjoy not having a any decision I make being finite. I I enjoy the undo button because it like I all my whole process is experimenting, and oftentimes, like when you're experimenting, it can go either way. And having the ability to sort of uh, decide which idea goes forward, and oftentimes. I'll be getting very close to complete or even in the middle. It doesn't really matter, I guess, but I'll have something in them. Like, Oh, I really kind of want to go in a completely different direction. And I'll just try to save the, the, the initial where I was go in that weird direction. And then if it, if it go, if it gets weird, then I still have my break point. Um, usually when that happens, I just screw it and just keep going. That would, yeah, that'd be, um, the best part of, of using a computer is I can, I have the ability to do whatever I want. And obviously there's all these variations then are saved along the way then or. Oh, I see. Yeah. There are like, uh, 
when I first started, I didn't save much because I, I wasn't going as deep. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I figured out how I could go, oh, I can layer these, I can collage, I can erase this and put this there. And then it starts turning into hundreds and hundreds of different pieces, so to speak. Um, and I just realized that on a pad- podcast, you can't see air quotes. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, start new file. I usually name that file the date. And then I just I, I go and I just keep saving as I go. So each file could have a few hundred sub pictures in it, which I should have brought one to show you. So one thing I learned when I was uh, editing film, um, well, not film, but digital, you know what I mean, digital, uh, you get lost. I get lost in it. And you could be four to six hours in and you're not thinking cognitively about saving. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, back, especially back then with computers in the early the early zeros of the 2000s, like they would freeze up, you know, <laughs> like, and then you've just lost like four hours of work. So I, I really got aggressive in saving and I, I've just kind of brought that to this process in terms of the computers don't freeze up as bad as they used to. I don't know if anyone out there had a windows millennium edition. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> terrible. Um, but I just keep trying to save because once you save, um, it's just, I mean, it's a jumping off point. Plus one thing that I've kind of been experimenting lately is going through old work and finding old saved, uh, bits that were early on and then mixing different saved bits together and then creating something completely different out of five or six different finished pieces, but using earlier renditions of them, if that makes any sense. No, I think that that makes sense for sure. Um, again, it's, it, to me, it's, a, it's not all that dissimilar in some, well, it's just a different process, but like in terms of the way that people will kind of, um, especially keep things around and then not necessarily realter them, but you know what I mean? Like there might be another purpose for them that yeah. wasn't intended and or something. A lot of my, my, the first drawings I did would now qualify as a, a, a template. So I've been experimenting with taking what I considered early, early on as a finished piece and mixing that into new stuff so it gives it because i mean the only thing that matters is if somebody sees it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's sitting on my computer not getting any like visual time is pointless so um basically i've been taking earlier pieces that have no life at all they're not going to be hung anywhere i'm not going to show them they don't qualify anymore do you know what i mean and i've been trying to bring them in and breathing new life into them and giving them a, a second chance so to speak well, and so obviously the the process is all all digital in terms of how you're working mm-hmm. them, um, but then the way that you're going to experience them is obviously going to be different when they're, you know, t- taken from that you know large, you know, digital thing right. into like something that's physical. Then, so what what's that process like then in terms of like, you know, I think you mentioned a little bit in terms of like you know which ones are working for you or whatnot. But I mean, obviously, then there's a choice then they'll be like, okay, I'm going to print these at a certain scale. So, does w- w- there anything that kind of changes then when they go from being this thing that's on a computer versus like that two foot print. Uh, so the, the, that, uh, part is, I find horrifying. Sarah helps out a lot. My wife, Sarah, basically, especially if there's a big check or something or a check, <laughs> so yeah. you see that occasionally you go to a grocery store and see people writing checks and you're like, what is that? <laughs> you know? So maybe like you, you know, you spend all this money getting, you know, spending that and then you get that shipment in with all these prints or whatever. Yeah. I don't like, I, <laughs> if I could show them somehow digitally that would work. I would. It's not very feasible. But I, I do prints. Um, great place in Ames called Photosynthesis, Archival Inc. Like, you can't get a better print. And But the second you hit print, it goes from, like, visually, in terms of quality, perfect. Mm-hmm. And then now you're going to, once you transfer to a different medium, the, the, the look of it hasn't changed, but the possibility of damage is now very very apparent like like i i one thing i I, like i can't stand is uh like debris in the frame it drives Mm -hmm. me crazy sure but every time you try to you know lift up the print and blow it out now you're you get pinch points in the paper and once you get a pinch point in the paper then i lose my mind but um so basically um I've just tried to, if it has one pinch point, I'm good with it. If it has two, I don't hang it. And then you get into, I always try to do a larger print. Um, and depending on the frame, some frames don't hold that print up to the glass well enough. And then it starts to warp. And then like, I just, it kills me. You know what I mean? Cause like presentation is a hundred percent of sure. the audience's opinion. You know what I mean? Like, well, that, that's a neat idea, but it looks like crap. 
and it's it's just I, it's just a horrifying experience, and I hate it. But I that's the only way really you can get people to see it. I also put most all my stuff on Facebook, which is sort of stupid because it just puts it out there for free. But at the same time, if you download it from Facebook, the quality is not the same as if you buy a print from me. But like the whole point is I want people to see it and every, like I think what's important when you're an artist is the whole point is getting your picture on the fridge of society. You know what I mean? Like society's fridge. I want my picture on it, you know, and it doesn't do me any good to have it in my basement in my, uh, technicolor dream studio, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> not getting viewed. So, sure. um, putting it on Facebook is one way that it, it looks perfect more people can see it constantly, but I love having a show and I, I, and at the end of the day, I love going to see, you love seeing your own work up, you know, there's always that, uh, narcissistic side of everyone that, you know, let me self indulge for a while. You know what I mean? And it's also like a really nice time to be reflective too. Cause you oftentimes these are things that just kind of accumulate that you don't really ever get, you don't look at it in the same way until you're like, Oh, this is, you know, like, Oh, these are all up. You yeah. Know, these are like and that's a horrifying a physical thing. Uh, hanging like, like you get something and you're like, and even when we sat down earlier, it's always the same thing. Like you, you, you get a show or you, you get an interview, which is thank you very much, very much again. But then you're like, I'm sitting with you and we're looking at my work and it's like, Oh, that looks like crap. You know, like, <laughs> or like I get, I'm like, Oh, I got a show. I can't wait. And then I go and I hang it and it's like, ah, you know, like, and right, I think right. that's part of what continues to drive me to continue drawing is I'm, you're always trying to make that perfect piece. But like, I'm very, very proud of my work, but at the same time, once it is up for everyone to see, you get that like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, that, that questionable feeling. Well, but there's always something then that guides that next thing that you're right, going to do, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of keeps feeding that, which again, in a, in a, to kind of jump back a little bit to some of those again, you know, like, and it kind of becomes one of these things where you put it out there where people are just going to, you know, talk about what this, what this thing looks like to them or this or that. Um, do you like start working through them consciously? Like in terms of like, Oh, I want to have this, like, like there's one that just escapes a memory that looks like it has a succession of like smaller squares. It starts to look like this one point perspective hallway. I mean, is that something that like, as you're kind of working through it, you'll start to kind of build it in anticipation of thinking about it like that or is it just a design element like there's just going to be these repeating squares there's going to be this sharp you know bright colorful you know gradient angle that's coming to this focal point in the center you know like i'm just kind of curious like um you know because again there's always like even if it's um something that is like a a process about doing something and then responding to it there's usually you know like you're not uh illustrating zebras or you know something like that you know so it it just it kind of happens organically i very much enjoy like it's very pleasing to me to look at symmetrical stuff mm-hmm. and anytime you do symmetrical stuff there's going to be a pinch point of some kind no matter what you do and i i do really enjoy that whole look that like void of like falling into a hole and just you can all you can do to like the pitch of it and you can make it look like walls and you can anything. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just like it to look like it's far away and exploding. Or Mm -hmm. sometimes I want it to be like, this is something I like. I want to, I want to achieve some kind of movement. And in that, I want you to feel like it is moving past you. It's basically sometimes the center doesn't have enough of something. And then I'll go in and like you said, and put something in there to you know what i mean it just it really depends each piece is different i guess yeah well and then the scale of it too because there's some of them that were very pattern oriented and again we talked about one that was very plaid ish you yeah. know so again like the scale of it becomes kind of much thicker or right. like bigger like a plaid so it doesn't have all that finite detail it's kind of one of the things that's really interesting about you know some of these pieces when you're zooming in on them you're like oh my gosh no there's like layer and layer and layer and like i've been joking around with you it's like if you were to take some sort of eight bit you know nes background or something right. and you're like zooming in on these weird patterns that you that become abstracted almost on that scale there's i don't know there's something really interesting about that um i don't know just the scale of the lines you know depending on how zoomed in or out you are you know yeah and i what i what i want to achieve is like the ability to get lost in it like i, I want people to, like i don't want it just oh that looks like a hallway i want you to i want you to go in and look you know what i mean sure. 
and that's why I've done the 1624 and then the 24 by 36, especially the 24 by 36, allows you to see those little tiny details. But I, I like, um, I had this one show, and the lady that owned the place, um, she's like, yeah, I didn't know what to think of your work uh, initially, but she, uh, she, she lives in her shop, and she goes up to that area to have coffee every morning. And, and the one thing that she said was that, as she continues to look at these, she keeps seeing different things. And like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the goal. I mean, these are abstract pieces. I want you to continue having different experiences with them. And part of that is hiding things down to the pixel layer. And then so that, yes, there is a, a visual I'm looking at, but you can keep just kind of leaning into it and is you let your imagination go as far as you want to go. And that's one thing that's a struggle with abstract work is like, I'm betting on you having an imagination and not everyone has an imagination. Um, there was this one lady looking at my work and she's like, well, it certainly is different, <laughs> you know? And I was like, sure. like, yeah, like I know what you're saying. Thank you very much. Sure. Have a nice day. But, uh, uh, one piece, um, I had up and a friend of mine had overheard this guy. Um, he said that it looked like an abortion and it's like okay you know that's fantastic uh that piece ended up selling so i win in the end but yeah i'm 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 betting that you have an imagination that is that's my side of the agreement of the presentation well and i'm curious then too i mean we talked about maybe some um influence or anything like that uh, is are you kind of like in terms of where you've been living then that gallery that you're kind of really drawn to that you have this show coming up at uh, next year that or, yeah next year yeah yeah so, I mean, is it kind of like you're really kind of like, do you have a lot of interaction with those other artists in that, that scene or no, not I'm, really. Cause I'm, I, I guess I'm just kind of curious then too, if there's other art that you're like looking at in terms of, you know, th- things that are just exciting or anything uh, like that. Or? Not really. I'm kind of just off in my own little world. Um, just clicking away or swiping yeah, away, I like, guess, right? Um, <laughs> I, I respect other people's work, of course, uh, you know, um, I just, I, I kind of just keep in my own little, little, I'm also like sort of a sponge and the more stuff like if i see other people's work it will influence me and i don't want that i like this gallery because it's kind of relaxed and it's not sort of stuffy you know what i mean and i I like that and like especially when you do work that's sort of psychedelic like you like people that indulge themselves in certain substances may or may not have a good time at my show you know what i mean sure like i i want I want my friends to know they can show up after six beers and and it's cool. You know what I mean? Um, But like part of like having, like I said, doing psychedelic art, like it, it, it needs to be in a relaxed environment. Well, so is there anything that I missed? Uh, One thing that, that I've in this process that I've, I've found really fascinating is that there's, there's a separation when you tell someone you did this on a computer and there, the show I got in last December, um, one of the people that worked at that gallery, I guess, had to actually argue to get me into the show because the show was being jurored by one guy, one artist, and he didn't view computer illustration as art. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really illustration. But um, uh, also, we go to the Iowa State Fair every year and mm-hmm. love it. And like I desperately thought it would be fantastic to go to the Iowa State Fair and see one of my pieces in their, their shows. And uh, you can't if you use a computer. I, I looked. I looked at the rules first before I submitted it because I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna get screwed somehow. But um, it, it says uh, like if you use a computer in any way, you're disqualified. So I called them because that seems absurd to me. And uh, they don't. They don't allow digital art. And I wrote an email, very courteous, and submitted uh, one of the pieces. I'm like, this is what I do. I I believe this to be art, <laughs> you know. But like. I've talked to so many people like, Oh, how do you, they think it's like, uh, like, uh, uh, one, one guy I know thought that I was writing code that, that generates the image and that new, no, you know, right, right. and, uh, that's absolutely not the case. And I, I wish I was that smart, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but it's it, like another person's like, so how do you do this? And I'm like, I draw on the computer and well, how, and it's like, oh, how do you draw? You know, like, sure. And there seems to be this weird disconnect, or that somehow I'm cheating. Which, if you've ever used Microsoft Paint, it's not forgiving. And like, um, I don't feel that I'm cheating at all. Like, and if you want to get into an argument of, did you cut down the tree, press the paper, and then go pick the berries and make the paint? You know what I mean? Like, like 
I'm not, I'm not buying uh, inks. I'm not buying oils. In some way, this is a greener way of doing it. If you want to look at it that way, but it's just, it, I find it fascinating that you like, I do this on the computer and there's like this glaze that comes over people. Like it, it's weird. Like it's like, I don't understand. Like I, you're looking at an image and they're like, I don't, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's kind of like we were talking, I was joking before about how like the digital revolution in, in the field of cameras, you know, yeah. like completely like took out the idea of like a traditional camera in my mind. I think it's just an evol, you know, it's a slow evolution and some people are slower moving than others. Cause essentially I just look at it as a tool. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, I am, what is art is you are making a mark right? or, right. or, or for photograph. Like, like you're either, when you paint, all you're doing is making a mark and then you're turning that mark into something doing the same thing. But there's probably a, uh, giant chunk of artists that might be using traditional materials that also utilize you know computer tools to help yeah. visualize that or organize it or so it's kind of strange again to kind of think about situations where people be like oh my gosh no we can't accept this if yeah was, I, I feel some sort of like ai algorithm right you know, like, like cheetah or so, whatever i feel like <laughs> cheetah made this like <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the saturation filter on my iphone right like they think you're cheating somehow and it's like no not not at all every single thing you see is a decision that i made the computer right. did nothing sure. like of course i mirror them and you know and that's that's what it is but Sure. Well, that's interesting, again, to kind of think about it in terms of, yeah, people kind of like trying to separate, um, you know, like processes and, you know, try to almost rate them. Because, I mean, ultimately, it, to me, it always thing. just comes down to whatever the thing looks like. Right. Yeah. It's what is your mark and not how you make it, in yeah, my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, that show is is a long ways off that you're going right, to be working yeah. on for a year from now. Um and do you have other stuff kind of coming up in the meantime, or is it all just going to be kind of directed towards, I had, you know, um, crushing that, that show? And I think you, yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot going on this year. I, I kind of hit it really hard this year and, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a transitional period where I'm looking for new employment and I would love that employment to be as a rug or tapestry designer. I am here to see the tapestries <laughs> and, I, that would be fantastic. And if anyone out there knows anybody, hey, come come help me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But um, basically, uh, it, this has been a very stressful uh, few months. And basically, I want that show to just be a home run. And I'm, I've been playing around with ideas of uh, utilizing like a synthesizer and sort of getting back to the film kind of stuff in terms of making noise that corresponds with that picture. Mm -hmm. And I haven't totally decided on this, but this is kind of my idea. But basically you would basically be standing in front of uh, a framed piece and there'd be headphones and then you would put them on and it would help transport you into the world that I am in when I do it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm basically right now focused on making that show the best it can be. And I'm also like in, in the job market as well. Not through any fault of my own. I sure, want to point sure. that out. Um, uh, the company I work for is going through a transition, and uh, I'm looking for new employment. Where can people find find your work and, and kind of oh, like I have, see I have it. a show right now until the end of this month um, at Ryman Gardens, and it's uh, ISU um, Gardens. And it's I think there's like 28 to 30 pieces up on there. I also have another show right now at Cafe Diem in Ames, uh, a fantastic coffee place, and uh, they have food too. And that's a uh, sort of a year-end collection of the artists that they've shown this year. So I have three pieces in that. Um, so I've I've really hit it really hard this year. I don't have anything right now until next fall, but I'm kind of okay with that because sure, just... um, I've shown almost everything except for the majority of the color. The color ones I've only shown on Facebook. And look me up on Facebook if you want to see them. But basically, I kind of want to just focus on getting a rug portfolio together and breaking myself out of that rug mold and getting back to getting that show ready to go. So I'm having trouble because every time I sit down, it ends up turning into a rug pattern, but like, <laughs> which I think I do love them. I think they look fantastic, but I need to get uh, less symmetrical work done so that there's a mix. I want, I, I, I don't want everyone like rug, 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 rug. You know what I mean? 
I, I enjoy there to be a, a sort of stylistic mix. But primarily, like, people can see see the, the digital – like, in terms of social media sphere, it's mostly Facebook stuff where you're posting? Yeah, I don't okay. have a – um, I don't have a website. <laughs> I need to do that, but it's just haven't, hasn't been something I've gotten around to yet. But basically, I throw everything up on Facebook. My uh, Facebook icon is a black and white eye, so look for Matthew Merritt in the black and white eye, and that'd be me. I generally accept everybody that has more friends than eleven. <laughs> uh, usually, those those are not real people. Pictureless <laughs> accounts. <laughs> yeah, like oh, come talk to me. Oh, uh, the gallery that I'm showing next year is a design on Main, okay. and it's it's the one that I I sat out to get in. I, I think it's really I, I love it. It's very just laid back and, and very. It's a lot of space and it's it's simple and I, I really enjoy it. Awesome. Um, well, again, thanks for making the uh, the trek uh, during your anniversary uh, Eight years experience, wedding right? Anniversary, well, congratulations yeah. there. So, again, thanks for thanks for participating. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Very very excited and uh, uh, very appreciative. Thanks once again to Matthew for joining me. Please be sure to send a request to Matthew Merritt on Facebook. Again, you'll see he's quite active in sharing new work and shows that are going on, including his upcoming solo exhibition at Design on Main next November. So we'll be sure to share that announcement when that comes around. But be sure to send a request and stay up to date with what he has going on in the studio. And if you like today's episode, I hope that you do, please check out studiobreak.com. Again, we have plenty of interviews up there with artists sharing their work as well as insight into their studio practice and these interviews that you can listen right there or hit that iTunes link and subscribe to the podcast there. Of course, if you do listen in iTunes, please leave us some reviews as it does help others find this podcast. And of course, you can help by spreading the word via social media. So please be sure to like our Facebook page. You can share there. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at Studio Break and on Instagram at studio underscore break. So please help spread the word. Studio Break is made possible in part by generous support from the Osage Arts Community, which is a proud sponsor of Studio Break. Osage Arts Community is an artist residency that provides temporary time, space, and support for the creation of new artistic work in a retreat format, serving creative people of all kinds, including visual artists, composers, poets, fiction, and nonfiction writers. Osage is located on a 180-acre working farm in the rural mountainside setting of central Missouri, bordered by the lovely Gasconade River. OAC provides residencies to those working alone, as well as welcoming collaborative teams, offering living space and workspace in a country environment to emerging and mid-career artists. Interested parties should visit Osage Arts Community's website for more information as they are now accepting applications for the 2018 season. Osage Arts Community, where land, art, and community ignite. As always, thanks once again to Skylar Mail, who provides the music to Studio Break. You can check out his artwork at SkylarMail.net. If you'd like to see some of my paintings, please visit davidlinaway.com. Again, there's plenty of stuff up there to peruse, so please do that. You can also say hello via Instagram and Twitter, at David Linaway. Always great hearing from new listeners and other artists, so please say hello. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.